Welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the Great Matt Guide. Good day. This is the Great Matt Guide here, once again from the Pacific Northwest, on kind of a cloudy, gloomy July day. Uh, the temperatures are about 10 degrees below what they normally are out here in the Pacific Northwest, but that's okay with me. Uh, I kind of enjoy this kind of weather. So anyway, today I want to get back into our series on Apostles and Prophets. And finally, after defining Apostle and defining Prophet, I think we had a six episode toward the end of April on Apostles and Prophets. We defined the Apostle, we defined the Prophet. I think we spent a lot of time, two or three episodes just given over to really digging into what a prophet was. Now today we want to kind of come back together and tie them together because I believe, especially in the New Testament church, it is the apostle and prophet that work together in team. We're pausing for one moment to let you know about this week's special offer. Our friends at the King's Company invite you to grab a seat for the five-fold challenge. It's five days, each day focusing on specific offices within the five-fold ministry. And it's discounted to $17 for each person. Even better, because you're a faithful listener to The Kingdom Corner, the first three people to email our team will get an all-access pass, no charge, completely for free, into the five-fold challenge. It starts coming up on July 13th, so move fast and send us an email to the Kingdom Corner Podcast at gmail.com. All of the information to join is also below in the podcast notes. Now back to the great Matt Guy. So I'm going to call this episode Apostles and Prophets, the Dynamic Duo. Apostles and Prophets, the Dynamic Duo. And as I get into this more, I think you'll see why. They work best together in tandem uh, for what they do. So anyway, I want to take us back, and it's good to go back, to our theme passage and pull this in here to our study today on Apostles and Prophets and how they work together. I said in way in the beginning of this uh, podcast back in September of last year that my theme scripture for the Kingdom Corner podcast would be Psalm 145, 10 to 13. Let me read that to you again, and then I want to pull in some things here and point out some interesting things in regard to apostles and prophets. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. And it's talking about the saints of God, of course, glorifying and bringing praise to God and being a witness to the works of God and to his kingdom. Specifically, it starts with the foundation of apostles and prophets. Let's pull out a few things here. They're talking here about to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts. And that is what apostles and prophets do. 2 Corinthians 12, 2, I was reading this morning. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you. And this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, signs, wonders, listen to this word, and mighty deeds. Psalm 145, this passage uses mighty acts. Here, Paul talks about mighty deeds. And we're talking about these things, about signs and wonders that show the authority 
and the authenticity of the ministry, especially of an apostle. Isn't that interesting? Then he says, we've talked about this before. It was a revelation I brought out way back in the beginning of this podcast. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Your kingdom is an everlasting. That means perpetual, never-ending. It goes on and on and on. It reminds me of what was said prophetically by Isaiah when he's talking about Jesus, the increase of his government. Isaiah 9, 7 would go on and on. That's what it says there. It will always increase, and it increased through Christ, and it increases through the ministry of the New Testament church, which is founded and established and given a jump start and given training by apostles and prophets. They are the foundation to set this all in motion, this enduring kingdom through all generations. And boy, this is an exciting word. It means hidden, everlasting, a root word for everlasting, besides perpetual, never-ending, just going on forever and ever means hidden. The natural man can't receive the things of the Spirit. Like I said, the root for everlasting in Hebrew is hidden. These things are hidden. He said, Matthew 13, 11, he talked to the apostles. They said, why do you always talk to us in parables, uh, Jesus? And he said, because the mysteries of the kingdom were to be made known to you. Not everybody would know the mysteries of the kingdom. And he talked about also in Scripture, don't cast your pearls before swine. The Pharisees and the Sadducees had too much pride to see the heart's intent of Jesus' ministry and the signs and the wonders and what he was trying to do. And it carried on with the apostles as well. And I love this word again. It was hidden. And what did Paul say? Apostle means to be sent out, to be sent forth. He was sent forth. This is a beautiful portion of Scripture. I've taught on it before in another class on Ephesians, but he was sent out to reveal the mystery, the mysterion, that which has been, listen to this word, mysterion means, the root word means to be shut up. It was shut up. This mystery had been shut up for all the ages, and now he was here to reveal that mystery. Paul was there to reveal the mystery to the Gentiles specifically. says that he was called. I believe there's another scripture down here amongst all my many notes, where he was called as an apostle. I think it's in Romans. He was called to be specifically an apostle to the Gentiles. Why? To make known the mystery of the gospel, that they were included in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's read here a little bit in this. For this reason, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, If indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you. In other words, he was given the grace of opening up this mystery to the Gentiles, to steward it, to make it work, to reveal it to them, to handle it carefully. That by revelation there was made known to me a mystery, a mysterion, that which had been shut up, not talked about, as I wrote before. He was an apostle called to do that. By referring to this, when you read, you understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of man, as it has now been, listen to this, revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. It was revealed. It was opened up. That which was shut up. That which was hidden. They could make like back to Psalms again. They could make known the mighty acts of what God was doing because they were opening up the mystery. That is the true call of apostle and prophets, to open up those mysteries to the church, to make it plain and clear. 
And so we know how to walk with God and we know how to apply his word in our lives as a living building and temple of God, as Paul talked about in Ephesians 2. And he goes on to say how the Gentiles were fellow heirs with the Jews. He was given the administration of the mystery it talks about in this passage. You need to read it, Ephesians 3, 1 to 13. Ephesians 3, 1 to 13. A beautiful portion of scripture really sets apart what the apostles were doing. Paul referred himself as being the least of the apostles, probably because really he, you know, I'm not trying to boast him up or anything, but really probably because he was the greatest because he served the most, you know. He was the chief apostle because he was the most, had the most servant part of all of them in how he served. You read that again, 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Truly, the science of an apostle is telling them about his authenticity as a called apostle to the Corinthian church. Truly, the signs of an apostle, that is, of Paul, were wrought among you. Patience in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And all those chapters, 10, 11, 12, 13, he is having to defend or having to put out there for the Corinthian church his authenticity as a called apostle to them. I don't think they thought much of him. I love to think of the apostles and prophets as a dynamic duo. We could talk about that for a few minutes. I was thinking about this podcast today, and I couldn't help but think of Avenger series movies that have been out there for a number of years and all the different characters that we see in the Avenger series and how that relates because they all had specific gifts and talents just like apostles and prophets. And I was thinking, what would be the a good description of a prophet would be like uh, the human torch character that would be just, the guy would just be real normal in what he was doing. And then he would come upon a need or something that was really um, a trial or something that somebody needed him to intervene in. And he would just, because of his passion, turn into a torch. And that's what, you know, that's what we could say about the prophet. Hebrews 1.7 is a good description of a prophet. He makes his ministers a flame of fire. Jeremiah said God's word burned so much in his heart as a fire, he wasn't going to talk anymore because he was under such persecution. And the people weren't listening because most of them were going, getting ready to be taken into captivity, and they still wouldn't accept it. And he said, this is God's judgment. And they persecuted him, and they beat him, and all those kind of things as a type of Christ. And yet, he says, I can't speak about these things anymore. The people won't listen. Yet any, here he was in chapter 8 of Jeremiah. He said, his word burned within my heart like a burning fire, and I could not keep silent. That, my friend, is the one of the signs of a prophet. The apostle, we could think of maybe, I thought of Hawkeye. And now, now, he didn't have any special subhuman or more than human gift, other than he was probably one of the strongest humans in all the earth in strength, in speed, in stamina. It was very smart, very good bow use of the bow and the sword, very detail-oriented, very on-task, intentional. That's the way I see an apostle. That was Paul. He was intentional in his ministry to bring the gospel to the Gentiles out to the world. So that kind of gives you an opening here of what I'm referring to when I'm talking about apostles and prophets, the dynamic duo, how they work together. Let me read something from a, an article I wrote almost a year and a half ago. The question has always been in my mind just how to develop fivefold ministry in the largely pastor-led North American church. I'm not at all against pastoral leadership, 
And yet I know this is really only one-fifth, as it were, of the leadership Jesus intended for his church to function in. The other offices or positions, other than possibly teachers, are absent in most churches today. Look up Ephesians 4, 8 through 16, and read that about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Yes, we see pastor-led churches, but we do not see yet churches coming together in an umbrella or a network by apostles and then imbued with power and revelation by prophets. We don't see that organized that well yet today. Having said that, I want to propose some ideas that would help establish and preserve what God wants to do today in a region, as well as for us to move forward in the future. What God is doing today is wonderful and needed, you know, all the prophetic that we see and all that, yet we must always have a future in view because the nature of God is always unfolding and expanding, and we must never camp in yesterday's move or glory. The church of Jesus Christ is to always be moving forward in victory and revelation. My treatise that I've written here is about the apostolic prophetic network. It seems to me, with the rise of the prophetic movement in many places today, there are a lot of words and vague ideas with no solid infrastructure or framework. And that's what I'm getting to when we're talking about the dynamic duo, prophets and apostles called to a season in time, called to a region to establish a network to make the church stronger and function more the way that Jesus intended. He gave those gifts to men. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, it says in Ephesians 4.11, just for that. A pastoral structure meets people's needs, seeing that today, more on a, what would you call it, horizontal level, where the apostolic structure is trying to get the church into more of a vertical relationship with the Father and advance the kingdom of God. And this is the Kingdom Corner podcast, and those are the things we talk about here. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Mark 16, 15 to 20, all talk about the great commission that Jesus gave to the apostles to carry his word out to the nations, to make disciples of the nations. And then we also read, I read for you Ephesians 3, 1 to 13, beautiful portion of scripture. Go back and read it, how it was given to Paul. He was sent out to the Gentiles to open up what this mystery of the gospel, this beautiful mystery of the gospel really was. Those are some of my notes. I've got notes all around here, a lot of good things here. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 talks about the living temple. That's what Paul was talking about. And then he goes on to say it was built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. They're fitly joined together, the churches, on the foundation of apostles and prophets. Ephesians 3, 5 also says, for the mystery was revealed to apostles and prophets. You cannot build a good, sound, living temple, church God-indwelled structure if you don't have those pieces or those offices of apostle and prophet in place. I'm convinced of that. The, the church was not meant to be a single church on a hillside, as it were, kind of just trying to survive on its own. We need apostles and prophets to speak to that pastor and to encourage him. We need to work together as a network of the fivefold ministry. This is what God wants to do, I believe, in this season, in this time, in this age. Like I said, I've got a lot of notes today. I believe we're going to have to come back to this study. We're talking about the dynamic duo, apostles and prophets working together. There are many saints today, we've talked about this before, that want to exercise their prophetic gift. They're always looking for the next opportunity running somewhere. 
to either give a word or get a word. Apostles and prophets look for opportunity to be intimate with God and to, to hear of his direction. Let's go on. So I wanted to just emphasize again about the different listings in Corinthians and Romans and then again in Ephesians of the gifts. And when we're talking about the gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, the fivefold gifts, that's not something that just everybody walks into. We talked about the other gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation gifts, I think, is mentioned in 1 Corinthians. And then the servitude gifts, or ones that are more inborn in a person in Romans 12, those are for individuals, those gifts. And that manifestation gift can come upon you as an empowerment of grace in a moment to meet a need, whether it's through tongues and interpretation or a prophecy of encouragement to somebody, or the gift of healing. But the office is something that a person is called into, whether it's apostle, prophet, that's what we're talking about, evangelist, pastor, teacher, the fivefold office. You're called into that. He puts his authority on that office, and it flows out through you. The gifts normally flow, we're talking about manifestational gifts from grace and power, But this gift flows out of you, out of the person, out of the office. He anoints the office. He anoints the person in that office, okay? And so, in a certain sense, you could say that it's Jesus in the office. I'm not saying you are Jesus. We're never going to be, we are like Jesus. We become like Jesus, the scripture says, but we're not Jesus, you know, literally. But we are like Jesus when we minister in that office. It's a sacred calling. It's a Call to humility. Paul said he was the least of the apostles. And we read, you know, I was reading today because I've heard uh, in my studies, I've heard so much over the years, so I thought I'd research it. Jesus on the road to Damascus where Paul was converted changed Saul's name to Paul. Well, that's not true. He didn't change his name. It wasn't some spiritual epiphany that then Jesus changed his name to Paul and called him Paul. That's not scriptural. You don't read about it more until the first time that he's mentioned is in Acts 13, I believe it is, where he's referred to as Paul. The big difference is really Saul was his Benjamite Benjamite tribe name with all the honor and respect that went with that from the Jewish culture. And Paul was the name that the Gentiles or the Romans referred to him as Paul. And maybe then he was, we can't say for sure, but I believe he was maybe wanted to be referred to as Paul because in one sense, Paul meant small or little. He never wanted to be lifted up, you know, as look at me, I'm the great apostle. He called himself the least of the apostles. And yet I told you in Corinthians, um, what is it, Second Corinthians that I started reading from the day, 10, 11, 12, 13, he had to go into four chapters and he said he was weary of it in the letter of of kind of making his ministry authentic and defending his ministry before the Corinthians church because, you know, they were distracted by other people that would come in. And he was saying, I'm sent from God. I'm a called apostle. So, like I said, we are Jesus in the office when we operate out of one of the fivefold offices. We're not Jesus. Don't get that wrong. But we're like Jesus because he he anoints that office. He puts his authority upon that office. The apostle in that office binds and looses and shows authority by his acts and wonders. We already read about that. The prophet brings in revelation from hearing from God and being in God's presence. God wants to trust us to put his authority for an office in us. He trusted Paul, and Paul was a humble man. Read that. Read that through 2 Corinthians 10, 11, 12, 13. It will give you a good job description of an apostle. 
wasn't all a bed of roses. Okay, it wasn't all a bed of roses. So there, we've talked about that. Let's talk a few more points here, and then I think we need to close for today and come back. I really want to get into the dynamic duo, like I said, of apostles and prophets, the merge or the working together of apostles and prophets. It's basically defined by space and time. And I'm going to read somewhere else. Space and time. Here we go. Without apostles, I've, I've said this before, but I want to emphasize it. Without apostles, we have no infrastructure or foundation for successful ministry. I think this is why the church has failed for so many years. This has not been set in place. The church got away from it after, like Paul said, the wolves and sheep's clothes came in and destroyed the infrastructure of the church the way that Jesus wanted it. Without apostles, we have no infrastructure or foundation for successful ministry. But without prophets, we have no vision. Prophetic revelation is what he's talking about. Without a vision, without prophetic revelation, the people perish. We have no vision for administrating what we'd call the structure of the foundation that the apostle wants to bring. Apostles and prophets must learn to honor and work together, honor one another and work together. And believe me, even in the New Testament, when we look at those men of God, uh, Paul, um, maybe it was Demas, I'm thinking of one man, but there were other men. He had falling outs with various one of them. They didn't always work together real well. They were human beings. Paul, I'm sure, had his faults. I think he was a very driven person. Might have been hard to be around him. I don't know. Prophets are able to give utterances of God, revealing signs of the times and the seasons, which will occur for the purpose of releasing provision. Otherwise, they will not be able to sustain the conduct required to steward that outpouring. That is, without the base of the, as I see it, the ministry of the prophet working along with the apostle, without that apostle there to bring structure to it, it's not going to be sustained. Prophets are not called to lead moves of the Spirit. And yet they usually hear what God will want to do in that move, okay? So what are we, we're looking to do with all these communities of the prophetic or prophetic communities? Prophetic communities must be built around the prophetic with hope. However, we, like I said, we have to bring in the foundation uh, and the network that the uh, apostle will provide. I think today the church has been way overbalanced with chasing the prophetic too much and haven't found anything to anchor it down or make a foundation like those apostles would bring. To sustain the move of God, we need an apostolic catalyst in place. It's good to get prophetic utterances for encouragement of one another, yet without coupling together the apostolic spatial outpouring of understanding structure, we'll not be able to properly build that living temple of God that he wants to develop. Let's read another point here. Prophets. They get an unction for a word that's tapped in by initial pull, and they're trapped into this prophecy. It's burning inside of them, like we read about Jeremiah today. It's triggered in a season. They're sent to an area for a season to shift what is going on there. Then they get an understanding. They align the reception of the word, how? With apostolic authority uh, that's implied in God's word. The apostles, they're there for seasonal alignment with the help of uh, and the input and the revelation of prophetic authenticity and revelation. The sign and affirmations are brought. They identify leaders and locations. And then the community is edified. They build and equip the body of Christ. Let's see. Apostles should always be willing to receive impartation or provision from other regional leaders. And the same for prophets when they go into a region. Apostles and leaders of the apostolic calling 
need to submit to one another and the need to submit to the prophets. They need to both submit to each other. Prophet to apostle, apostle to prophet. We need both the apostle and the prophet, the dynamic duo, those offices operating. One cannot really stand alone. I see a lot of so-called prophets out there today kind of standing alone. That's just going to blow away uh, those good words without the anchor of bringing in an apostolic network. The vision and the revelation of a prophet without structure can go out of control. Yet the structure that an apostle will bring without the life hearing and breath of God from a prophet, that just becomes dry, dead rules and laws. So that's going to be it for today. I've been on here a while. We're talking about the dynamic duo of the merging of the offices of prophets and apostles working together in a place or a region. There's so much here to talk about. So let's just read this, and then we're going to take this up next week. Apostles and prophets, why do we need them to work together to be able to steward prophetic time? We must understand apostolic space. To be able to steward prophetic time. See, they bring revelation, the prophet does, of times and seasons and what God is saying for that time and the season. But we must understand apostolic space. Apostles, and we're going to look into this. You can read 2 Corinthians 10. 13 to 16, 2 Corinthians 10, 13 to 16. Review that for the next podcast because that talks about the space and the limits and the metron of an apostle. An apostle isn't necessarily called to do his apostling everywhere, but he is called to specific regions and places for a time or a season that a lot of times is revealed by the prophets. So having said all that, I'm going to close out today, this uh, episode. Remember now, all your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of your glory, of your kingdom. That's what we're talking about today. And talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts. We need the apostle and prophet to do that, don't we? And the glorious majesty of his kingdom. The kingdom is everlasting. It's been hidden for a while, but God is opening it up in the gospel age, in the kingdom age. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Glory to God. He's doing a new work in the church. He's doing a new thing. talks about in the Old Testament that the glory of the Lord will be like the waters covering the sea. And that's what we're ushering in here when we're talking about the fivefold ministry operating in fullness and power. Be blessed, my friends. Thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner Podcast.